Hello, and welcome to the first edition of the Accountability Podcast. This podcast is proudly brought to you by Accountability Lab, a global translocal network that makes governance work for people by supporting active citizens, responsible leaders, and accountable institutions. I'm your host, Kibo Ngoi, and today we're looking at civic engagement during the time of COVID-19. Over the past year, as the pandemic has spread across the globe, Many governments have responded by closing civic space and weakening already fragile democratic institutions in the name of disaster management and emergency protocols. This is a disturbing trend for anybody who cares about protecting citizens' ability to keep those in power accountable. The Accountability Incubator is our flagship program for young civil society leaders to build sustainable, effective tools for accountability, participation, and open government. Selected accountrepreneurs receive 12 months hands-on comprehensive support, including training and knowledge building, mentoring, network building, media outreach, and storytelling support. For this episode, we wanted to hear from young people who had witnessed firsthand what the COVID-19 pandemic has meant for civic engagement. So, we spoke to two of our entrepreneurs from Nepal and Kenya. The first was Damaris Aswa, a young civil society leader in Kenya, who was part of our first virtual incubator cohort in 2020. Damaris's incubator project is aimed at empowering grassroots communities to act and demand integrity through specially formed integrity watch groups and advocacy campaigns. This is what she had to say about the need for her project. My incubator project idea was Wadilif uh, Kujangani, translated as uh, Integrity in Pandemic. Uh, basically, what uh, inspired me to come up with this project is I was envisioning uh, an empowered and resilient community that embraces integrity and accountability measures uh, geared towards sustainable community health promotion. And why did I think of it from that angle? It's because the unprecedented spread of COVID-19 hit a uh, majority of us a lot. And uh, there were some gaps that uh, came along, which um, sort of alienated the population. People were struggling to obtain the fundamental rights to even health, education, um, even civic engagement. So with these inequalities and the gaps that increased, even where I'm working in Kiliti County, I got the urge to um, an idea of how I can just come up with something that can empower the community and uh, build a resilient community. Because I also understand that World Health Organization warned that this won't be the last pandemic. And therefore there was need to have um, a sustainable measure that will uh, cushion us from such an occurrence that will happen maybe in the future. So thinking of it from a proactive, a robust and a community-led initiative that, to, that is sustainable. And that is why I came up with this project. The value of integrity, not just among those in power, but also among the citizens who wish to hold them accountable, is a major theme of Damaris's project. For civic engagement to work, citizens need to reflect the values they want to see in their leaders. Another young civil society leader who understands this is Pratik Kunwa. Pratik was part of our 2020 Accountability Incubator cohort in Nepal and his passion for activism started from a young age. Having grown up during Nepal's civil war and the fight for democracy, Pratik witnessed firsthand what civic engagement looks like at its best and at its worst. 
These formative experiences inspired Pratik to not allow Nepal to repeat its historical mistakes and to ensure that civic engagement became the driving force behind the country's democracy. That's why the cornerstone of his incubator project is to create Nepal's first digital civic engagement platform. Here's what he had to say. The project that we're doing is called Shasan, which means governance in Nepali and uh, various other languages of South Asia. And at the heart of our mission is to promote civic engagement and responsive governance, uh, starting with Nepal and eventually across the global south. And to put it very simply, we do this through three key activities. Right, so first, uh, the, the first part of our trifecta are citizens, right? So by engaging citizens through civic trainings, uh, organizing workshops for young leaders, organizing community meetings and panel discussions, providing actionable information through various social media posts and infographics. We, we, try, to, we try to give them actionable information and try to make them better aware as citizens of what they can do and what rights they have and how they could hold public, public leaders accountable uh, for, for what we've elected them for. The second part of our trifecta are the public representatives themselves, because you know, as, as anybody who's worked in the civic sector would know, just training citizens is not enough if the ones who are responsible uh, for implementing uh, decisions don't, don't listen to them or aren't capable of, of uh, using, their, uh, using whatever methods they have at their disposal. And that is what we try to do. We try to increase how they could be more effective and we do this through, you know, tailored, specialized training in a variety of fields, leadership, organizing, narrative building, things of that sort. And we also provide technical and technological support to them to be able to engage and better communicate with citizens and their own constituents. And the final part of our trifecta is the digital uh, platform, which you so kindly mentioned, where citizens can reach directly with their representatives. And citizens basically crowdsource civic information for example, let's say broken roads or any other public service delivery through photos and videos, and they can send it directly to the representatives. And since we know that the representatives have that information on hand, it makes them accountable and it makes the process transparent as well. And come election time, we will know who actually listened to the constituents and we will know who actually responded well uh, to the citizens' demands. Pratik and Damaris are both people who understand that meaningful change has to be community-led and that people within any community often need to be empowered with the knowledge and resources to advocate for themselves. For her part, Damaris has been galvanizing the integrity watch groups she created in Kilifi County to help ensure schools meet the health and safety standards to reopen and that citizens understand the value of safety measures such as the use of face masks. Even before the reopening of the school, we could uh, come together and uh, do assessment visits to the schools and uh, confirm, just do like um, a random assessment and find out if the school is really prepared for the reopening of schools. And when we found a gap, so maybe we found there's only one thermogun and the total expected number of students who are to resume is ar around 800, which is not really effective. So we could. Uh, go back to the community and request support from community members and let them understand the need of having 
um, this thermogas in the school, or maybe there were a few water points in the schools because you know school management at times depends on the government fund, which sometimes delays. And when it delays, does not really mean that uh, we need to put our children at risk because the government. Uh, funds has delayed. So we could mobilize community members uh, to support these schools within their communities to ensure that they comply with them, uh, various guidelines that are there so that when the students go back or the children go back to school, they are both safe in school and even safe at home. Again, another issue that we also handled with the community is the issue of wearing proper wearing of masks. There was this tendency where now community members could only wear masks when uh, they could see a police officer. And you know, police officers became like, uh, now they, they took it, the bribery increased because now these police officers, when they get you without a mask, they could ask you to give some money in order to release you. So we told the community members one thing, do not blame the police just because they're asking you for bribe. Blame yourself for not wearing a mask because it's not you're not doing it for the police, you're doing it for your own safety for your own health you do not have to do something because you want to please someone else the pandemic is here with us and it's hitting all of us really hard so you do not have to create room for corruption of mis or mismanagement or manipulation and you also want to blame someone else yet you also have uh, you can also take up that ownership and do the right thing at the right time, even when no one is watching. So all these issues like wearing of masks, uh, ensuring that they observe social distance in the communities or whatever, we used to, we still reinforce that, that uh, they still have a role to play in all this. Bribery happens and it happens, or corruption happens and it happens between two entities or two people. So. The one who is giving out the bribe and the one who is receiving the bribe, both of them are corrupt. You do not have to blame someone for demanding bribe from you and you are the one who is giving out the bribe. So we were just inculcating integrity in the community member, in community members for them to act with integrity before they even demand. You cannot demand for integrity when you yourself, you do not even act, for, act with integrity. Having both started their initiatives in the midst of a pandemic that led to restrictions of movement and the closing of civic space, Damaris and Pratik have had to be resilient to follow through on their vision. But in a sense, their projects could not have come at a better time. Whether in Southeast Asia or Africa, several common trends have threatened civic engagement, including a lack of accountability in government response efforts to COVID-19. One year on since the outbreak, the pandemic is far from over. Even as some countries begin rolling out vaccines and returning to some sense of normalcy, others are bracing themselves for a third wave of the spread and tightening restrictions once again. With this in mind, I asked our two entrepreneurs what advice they would give to young people and activists around the world about how to galvanize citizens to demand accountability. You know, first was just the fact that COVID-19 was was the black swan event, right? which basically means it was a rare and unpredictable uh, thing that happened, but it brought about massive changes to the existing world order. So the first thing that we learned, and I guess the advice I would give to young people and activists would be to learn to be anti-fragile. Here is what that means, right? So most things, uh, most organizations, most people, most systems, they diminish from chaos, shocks, from you know, volatility. And these are most organizations and businesses around you 
who you have seen struggling or even have gotten shut down due to COVID. But there are also things that actually flourish in the face of external factors. They get stronger when, when there's more pressure from outside. And these are very rare. So I guess I would ask young activists to, to think about what about, what are some of the systems you could put in place? So if you're running, if you're, if you're organizing for a movement, what are some of the systems that you could put in place? If you're running an organization, perhaps this could be your culture, your, your work culture. This could be the way you uh, organize your work hours or how you interact with your constituents or your citizens that would enable you to create this uh, anti-fragility. And when you have an organization or, or a movement that is not just resilient, but anti-fragile, it becomes something that can sustain itself through virtually anything you put to it. And it is only that type of organization, uh, you know, I've, I've noticed in these current times that can muster the resources and capital necessary to demand accountability during such times. I would say this to young people and activists outside there. First of all, you need to develop passion for community development. And uh, once you've developed that passion for community develop, you, development, you can be able to single out gaps in the community and find ways of filling in the gaps. And uh, you also need to understand that you cannot do something alone. So you need to seek support and you do things in partnership with other stakeholders. So you need to identify whether direct or indirect stakeholders, just map these people out and then uh, find a shared goal, collaborate, and then uh, yeah, it will make things simpler because you'll be coming together to, to tackle certain issues in the community. So just collaborate with the stakeholders, both direct and indirect uh, stakeholders. Also, uh, you for the activists and young people, you can also create interest in this uh, in, in your various communities. There are people who really would wish to, to act with integrity or demand accountability in the community, but um, they, are, they haven't developed that interest. So strive to develop interest in whatever you're doing. Make people understand the importance of what you're doing so that they can join hands with you and also leverage on the power. We have powerful people in the community whom we can leverage on to actually make sure that our vision uh, is achieved. You know, so we need to create interest in the community and leverage on the power holders in the community so that we can come together and ensure that whatever we are advocating for is actually achieved at the end of the day. We shouldn't give up because advocating for issues in the community might, you know, change is gradual. It does not really happen, have to take place today and then an impact is created today. So change is gradual. We should be patient for the change to happen and then we should... Uh, yeah, just focus and uh, be patient. And uh, we should also, youth, you know, youth play a vital role in the community. And um, involving this youth, it's really vital. So we should strive to involve you, bring you together and uh, collaborate with them and understand what's affecting them and how we can engage with them to ensure that uh, we create um, a positive impact and then our intervention is also sustainable. It's not just a matter of you doing a certain thing today and then after like one year, there's no sustainability of it all. So we should also focus on sustainability of whatever we are, we are doing so that uh, the future generation, the generation come will enjoy from our, our interventions that we are currently doing. 
Thank you for joining us for this first edition of the Accountability Podcast. We hope it's left you with some interesting food for thought. Reach out to us on info at accountabilitylab.org if you'd like to get in touch. We'd like for this podcast to be useful for the work you may be doing in the accountability space. What topics or questions would you like us to answer? Let us know on email or on our social media pages and stay tuned for our next podcast in the next few weeks.